Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Jonathan Raggis, alongside me as always, Mike McShane. Mike, what's going on, buddy? Hey, how are we doing today, Jonathan? Big day, big day here on uh, Fan Junkies Radio. It's always a big day on Fan Junkies Radio, Mike. It, it is, but this <laughs> one's bigger than usual. Why, because of the blizzard? It's somebody's birthday. Who's that? And I want everybody out there, all of our listeners out there, <laughs> to call in 347-237-5373 at some point in the hour, and you got to wish Jonathan... A very happy birthday. Yes, it is my birthday. I'm getting old, Mike. Happy birthday, my friend. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate that. And it's Friday, so that's always fun, having a birthday on a Friday. Birthday on a Friday before a major blizzard. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, listen, you know what? I was born, uh, you know, during the big blizzard in 83. Couldn't come home for uh, almost a week. Is that right? Yeah, it's only fitting. Yeah. Wow, you know I remember that storm. That was uh, I, I. No, I won't mention what I where I was because that would give my age away. I remember that storm though quite well. Were you at the disco, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Were you well, at the disco? Come on, man. Actually, kind of close. Uh, no, I'll uh, no, I'll tell the truth. I'll tell the truth. You were at the uh, rink. That would have been my final semester in college. I remember that story very, very well. That was my final semester in college. Wow. Look at that, man. Yep. Look at that. Well, it's going to be fun. It's yep. that, that definitely going to be fun. Got some good celebrations uh, for later on. But before we do that, we have to say we're going to be joined by former MLB catcher Kelly Stinnett. Yes. For many, many teams in uh, Major League Baseball, from the Phillies to the Yankees to the Mets to the Royals to the Diamondbacks. Yep. You name it, he played for them. He's going to be joining us at around the twelve fifteen mark. We're going to be talking about Kelly's career, what Kelly's doing now. We're going to be talking a little current MLB, and we're also going to get Kelly's opinion on who he thinks is the best catcher in Major League Baseball today. Yeah, I mean, and this has all been part of our MLB week leading into uh, leading into spring training. Yes, and it's been a very, very successful MLB week. On, on, on Monday, we were joined by former Phillies and Mets outfielder Eric Vallette. On Wednesday, we had our very own Jim Williams join us with Frank Close from Philadelphia.com, and now today, another former MLB player joining us. Uh, it's been great so far. It really has. This is a lot of fun. I like doing these kinds of weeks. Yes. So, uh, well, we're going to be looking at doing more of these in the future. Oh, absolutely. M- M- NBA week, NHL week, MMA week, NFL week, you name it, we're going to be doing it. So. We've got NASCAR week coming up in two weeks. NASCAR week coming up, and I know you're happy about that, Mike. I am. I'm excited. I'm stoked for that one. Okay. Well, here we go. Uh, before we uh, get into baseball, uh, we got to talk a little bit of hockey here. Uh, yeah. We'll get to hockey after baseball as well and talk standings and talk about some of the good games this weekend coming up. But we continue to do our hat trick challenge at hattrick.nhl.com. And uh, so far, no hat tricks for Mike or myself um, since we started this contest last week. We did finally make a league, though. Fan Junkies Radio is the name of the league. So if you want to join up and see if you can get some hat tricks over Mike and myself, 
join it up. It's Fan Junkies Radio. Just go over to hattrick.nhl.com, register, join our league, and be a part of it. Yep, Fine. Fan uh, Junkies. Fan Junkies Radio. Yeah, I, and you know, I, it wouldn't it wouldn't be too difficult for people to beat us. No, it wouldn't be. It really wouldn't be. But we got one game on the bill tonight, Mike. One game. That's all there is. I was just saying. We were saying pre pre show. Uh, you know, shortened season. How in the world did that happen? There's only one game on the schedule. Exactly. I I, I don't know how it happened, but it's happened. It's Friday night. One game on the bill. So let's go through our hat trick challenge questions right now, Mike, yep. and see which one of us. Is going to be picking the right answer. Gotcha. Uh, first question: Will Yarmir Yager register at least one point for the Dallas Stars against the Anaheim Ducks tonight? Yes or no? I'm answering no. I'm answering yes. Ah. Which team will win between the Anaheim Ducks and the Dallas Stars? And I am picking the Ducks. I am picking the Ducks as well. Third question: Will Anaheim score a power play goal tonight? Yes or no? And I had pointed out to you, they, I think they've got like the fifth best power play in the entire league, and I'm answering yes. I'm answering yes as well. So we'll see if we can get right, that trick there, man. We're the same on two and uh, differ on one. Okay. It's going to come down to one question, Mike. Yep. That's what it's all about. Okay, so we got that out of the way, Mike? Yeah. The mic is yours. Let's talk a little NCAA real quick. Well, I mean, in light of the fact, I think we've been uh, – what was it uh, – uh, Monday, I think perhaps maybe I gave a little NCAA update. I gave the standings, and you know we're getting closer and closer now to uh, to to the end of the season. We get into we'll have uh, conference tournaments coming up in two weeks, and then uh, uh, three weeks actually, and then two weeks thereafter we'll have the big NCAA tournament. Yeah. So uh, right now standings are becoming more and more uh, imperative and important. Number one Indiana last night was knocked off by Illinois. And a close one. It was 74-72. And this is going to be interesting because I can imagine that when the standings come back out again on uh, Monday, we're going to see uh, quite a bit of changing going on. Uh, As we saw that, uh, uh, I think Michigan lost the other night. Uh, They were ranked number three. Now you got Indiana losing here. So it's going to be very, very interesting. I don't know if that's going to put Florida up at the top or not, but it's going to make for a very interesting situation. So, I thought I would throw that quick update out there that Indiana, in fact, lost last night in a very close one to Illinois. Uh, the other thing that I thought was rather interesting, Jonathan, I just thought I'd throw it out there. <laughs> Excuse me, just as kind of a point of reference. Uh, the highest scoring uh, highest scoring player so far right now in Division One this year, mm-hmm. Nate Walters, last night, scored 53 points in one game uh, wow. and, and, and his win uh, taking uh, South Dakota State. 80-74 over uh, IPFW uh, in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, the kid was uh, 9 for 14 from beyond the arc. Uh, he had uh, 9. I think he set a record last night of 9 three-pointers. Uh, 17 for 28. Yeah, it was. 17 for 28 overall, 10 for uh, 11 uh, at the free-throw line. So he scored 53 points, and right now, that is the most points scored by any single Division One player so far this season. And it was interesting because I was saying to you that it was a, a couple of weeks ago we had brought up the 138 perform, 138 point uh, performance of, uh, of Jack Taylor uh, over there at Grinnell College. Uh, but that's a Division three school. So that 138 point uh, performance, uh, you know, that doesn't count obviously in Division one standings. But 53 right now is the, is the total in Division one. 
it was very funny because uh, after the game, uh, they asked uh, Walters uh, whether he'd be willing to go in a uh, uh, go a one-on-one game, uh, do a horse game with he and Jack Taylor, who scored the 138 points, and he said, "Bring him on." Wow. And what'd you say? Nine for nine from three-point land? Uh, nine for fourteen. Nine for fourteen. Wow. Yep. yep. That's uh, that's pretty insane. It's pretty impressive. Pretty yeah. impressive. Yeah, that's that's definitely impressive. All right, Mike. Uh, so, uh, you know, anything else big we can expect from uh, NCAA or not? Well, no, but I I think as I said, uh, I think probably what I should probably do, I'll come back in on Monday because the new standings will be out at that point, and I'll just give you a real quick rundown on where things stand at that point. For all you folks out there like myself that are NCAA basketball crazy, and I am, I love the stuff. Yeah, I just can't get into it, man. Still can't. Oh, I love it. After I, all these I, years, I can't do it, man. I really think, Jonathan, a lot of it has, has to do with the fact that I came exclusively from a basketball school. We did not have a football program at the college that I went to. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, you know, that influence of coming from an exclusive inner-city basketball school, as I did, uh, I think has really been the difference in that. And, uh, you know, it's it's been an influence in my life, uh, you know, since I was a young adult. Yeah, I used to watch it a little bit when I was a lot younger. Uh, now I just, uh, for some reason, I just don't watch it as much anymore. And I, I, I you know, once in a while I catch some of the big games that I know is going to be something, uh, you know, really special. Uh, right. You know, between a number one and a number two team or something like that. But I just, uh, I don't know. There's uh, something about a lack of interest uh, for me in it. So. Well, you know, I, I know that you are, uh, you know, I know you're a big NBA fan. Um, and we've kind of had this conversation before, uh, you know. I don't get into the NBA as much. To me, yeah. uh, NCAA basketball is is really the purest form of basketball you're going to see. It's a team sport, uh, you know, and it's the old adage. And I, I guess I've become kind of tired of it. We've talked about it so many times with some of the prima donna players in the NBA. You know, there's no I in team, uh, and that's you know, you see so much prima donna nonsense in the NBA. You don't see that in the NCAA, and that's, I think, why I like it so much. Yeah, I hear that, man. But if you really want to see the purest form of basketball, Mike, yeah, got to take it to some of my old stomping grounds, the Brooklyn and Queens playgrounds, man. Street ball. Oh, that's I where it is, man. You. Purest form. I hear you. I hear you. I Nate Bellamy, who we had on here, Chucky Brown, you know, all Queens I, products. I, man, they could tell you that. And I used to love it when – I loved uh, Olympic basketball when it was just all uh, amateurs. I agree. Um, you know what? I'm with you on that, and I think they really need to get back that way. I think it was terrific. It was terrific to watch. And I mean, yeah. you know, I don't know why the U.S. felt the need that they had to make that change because when it came right down to it, we were dominant mm-hmm. with amateurs because yeah. basketball is an American sport. Let's get it straight. It is. It is. And they will get back that way eventually, Mike. Yeah. And, I hope, and we look forward to it. So. Hopefully. Yeah. All right, now it's time for a little bit of baseball. Before we get to uh, Kelly Stinnett joining us, uh, let's talk a little bit about the report from yesterday. Uh, AP reporting that Felix Hernandez and the Seattle Mariners were working on a $175 million seven-year contract, Mike, that would make him the highest-paid pitcher in baseball. My question to you, though, is Felix Hernandez the best pitcher in baseball? Should he be the highest-paid pitcher in baseball? Well, there's no doubt about it. You've got I mean, you're not paying 175 million for 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 you know, a slacker here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is the Mariners. The the question I ask is is anybody worth 175 million dollars? This has gotten out of control. You know, when I first read the story last night and uh you know, I've got the one that you sent over to me here uh this morning, but I did read it as well last night on a different site. Uh and they took a a, a somewhat different slant to it, Jonathan. 
the the Yahoo article I've got here doesn't take quite the same slant. The slant that I read last night was, are, are we just a matter of time before we see a $200 million pitcher? And, and you got to ask, really? Is anybody worth $200 million? It, it really has kind of gotten a little bit out of hand. That's that's my point. You're I only $25 million short of it now, Mike. I hear you. you know, let me ask you. Let you know, with this kind of money, $25 million is absolutely nothing. So eventually you're going to see a $200, you know, $200 million pitcher. I hear you. Let me ask you a question. Is Felix Hernandez worth $175 million? No, I don't think any professional athlete is worth $175 million. Um, In their standards, though, uh, I think Felix Hernandez is probably top five in pitching. Um, If I were a GM and I had to give somebody a $175 million contract, I would probably give it to Justin Verlander before I would give it to Felix Felix Hernandez. Yep. That's my opinion. Uh, To me, I think Justin Verlander is the best pitcher in baseball and has proven it for the last couple of seasons. Yeah, I'm just looking through this. Hernandez's total dollars would top CC Sabathia's original $161 million seven-year contract with the Yankees. Mm-hmm. CC Sabathia is not worth $161 million. No, he's not. He's a very good pitcher. Uh, a couple of years ago, maybe he was in the top ten, but I don't think... I agree. Yeah. you know, uh, uh, A couple of years ago. Yeah. All right. I would see... I anticipate the same thing. Uh, help me out here too. How old? What, what, what's Fernandez? What's Hernandez's age? Oh, I can't even tell you that off the top of my head. I think yeah, I don't have his numbers. Just up about there. to turn thirty, but I could be wrong. Let me check right now. He's actually twenty-six. Twenty-six, so he'd be thirty-three when this contract expires. Okay. Yeah. Right. So he'd still most likely be in there. Yeah. He's not, you know, healthy. So it's not a reach, I guess. But right, now look at next off season and the off season after that. You got Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw, David Price, all three looking for contracts. With this being one hundred seventy-five million, you have to think that either Verlander or Clayton Kershaw is going to probably be your first near or at two hundred million dollar pick. Yeah, you're going to be getting into the two hundred million range for sure. There's no I, doubt about it. So right. No doubt about it. I mean, I w- and, and, and again, you know, where does it stop? I mean, it's just to me, it's a little bit insane. A little bit insane. I, it's 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 a it's a lot of bit insane. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, you know what I you know what I said it years ago. Um, you know, I don't think these athletes are worth that much money. I mean, they're phenomenal talents. Uh, we love them. We root for them. But 175 million dollars to me for seven years is a joke. I, it's a joke. You know, most people wouldn't make $175 million in their entire lifetime. So that's, you know, basically saying our lifetimes are worthless. You know, it sucks, man. Wow. It's, uh, I I don't know. Well, you know, look, uh, good for Seattle, I suppose, if they're happy with that. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. If, if If that were the Phils and they signed... Cole Hamels to something like that, I don't think I'd be very happy. I'm going to be honest. No, I wouldn't be happy at all if, if, if the Mets did that with somebody down the line, and it, uh, you know, being Zach Wheeler. Whatever. You know, it comes to the point where, okay, we know you want to keep them. We know you want to obtain them and, and, and not let them go to a rival or another team, but still $175 million, you know, that's insane. Yeah. You know, that's not even most team salary caps anymore. <laughs> it's awful, man. It's awful. You got it. That's a great point. That's you know what, when you look at the NHL, their salary cap is in between, uh, you, you know, forty and sixty million dollars per season that they're always hankering over. Right. And then you look at this one guy, one seventy-five million. I mean, you know, Alex Rodriguez, twenty-seven point five million dollars, right there. You take a Rod, put him up against an NHL team, he would go 
damn near 50% of the salary cap. Yeah, I was going to say the rest of your team would be made up of high schoolers. Uh, you know what? I, I I think you would have to go younger than that. <laughs> because you wouldn't be able to afford anything else. I mean, that's... God, you know, if it's 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 just insane, Mike. I, yeah, I, I, mean, I don't know what to say about it. Obviously, it's all relative. I mean, we're talking about baseball versus the NHL. Um, nonetheless, I, you know, you gotta. Well, you know, you and I've talked about this too too many times too. You know, the fans just don't have a voice, or if we do, we don't express it enough, or we don't do it in the right ways. And it's not going to end until the fans actually put their foot down. Yeah. You know. Do you think that's ever going to happen, though? Well, see, that's the whole thing. You know, uh, you know, we're talking about entertainment, and we start talking about personal entertainment. You know, we, we seem to have, and look, I'm as guilty of it as anybody else. Don't get me wrong, but we have a tendency to look the other way. You know, oh, okay, it's not my money; it's their money. Let them do. It. But see, what we fail to realize is, it's not always just their money. Yeah. Where are they getting their money from? They're getting it from us. Well, of course they're getting it from us. Well, I mean, where else is it coming from? Yeah, yeah, but I hear that I hear that argument made so so many times. You know, uh, I'll, I'll give you a perfect example. I mean, the decision was just had just had to be made here with the Philadelphia Eagles. Were you going to sign? Are we going to keep uh, uh, Michael Vick or not? Now, Michael Vick had a uh, I forget what the deadline was February sixth or February fifth or something deadline uh, for a three million dollars signing bonus, and the Eagles signed it. Now everybody's speculating. Oh, okay, I guess Michael Vick's going to be back. Well, no, I don't know if that's necessarily true. It might be that they're just trying to buy some time. But in the meantime, they've just wasted $3 million. And I hear so many people say, well, it's not my money. Well, hell, it's not. Of course it's your money. We're, 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 you know, listen, $3 million. That's $3 million from the fans that you just gave away. And if you don't keep the guy, you're essentially just giving him $3 million to go away. Yeah. It's a shame, Mike. It yeah. Is. All right, man. Well, let's continue with the uh, baseball trend and bring our guest in. As uh, right now, we're being joined by former MLB catcher Kelly Stanett. Kelly, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, guys. How you guys doing? Good, Kelly. Thanks for being with us. I appreciate it. No problem. So let's, uh, you know, continue with the trend. On Monday, we had former Mets and Phillies outfielder Eric Valent, somebody you were traded for, Kelly. So it just kind of worked out that way. It was pretty cool. I know, that's crazy, man. I uh, I saw that on the email you guys sent me. I'm like, holy cow, this is a small world. <laughs> yeah. you know, Eric's a good friend of mine. Uh, you know, I, I've known him for quite a few years now. So I said, you know what, let's get Eric on and let's see who else we can get. We found you and we asked you and you were, you know, you know, very happy to do it. And we're very happy that you agreed to do it. And all of a sudden we just put two and two together. We're like, wow, look at that, man, small world. <laughs> exactly. Pretty funny. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your career first before we get into uh, some current MLB and also when uh, you know and then we'll talk about what you're doing uh, these days. Um, you played for eight MLB teams in your career, Kelly. What was the best stop that you had in your 14-year career? Well, I mean, it's obviously where I'm where I'm at now. You know, I live in Arizona. Uh, Ninety-eight, getting taken an expansion draft for the Dick D backs was, uh, you know, was a blessing. Uh, family moved here and, and you know we made it a home ever since uh you know mr colangelo i mean it was a great atmosphere family atmosphere uh you know uh, not that you wouldn't be happy to go to ballpark being in the big league but he, he made it really uh you know as a pleasure going to ballpark knowing you're gonna uh you know 98 we struggled a little bit but then he brought all the pieces of stall myers the johnsons uh you know all those guys on board that kind of put us put us up on top in 99 Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's just you know, it was just a great atmosphere. Family, kids, everybody running around like crazy. You didn't have to, you know, worry about anything. He took care of everything, so that was it was great. 
That's cool. Uh, you know, does it bug you a little bit though that you you know you left right before they hit that World Series? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, I had three great years in Cincinnati after that. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, that's why I tell my kids now that I work out. I say, hey, guys, I still got a lot of work to do, man. I I, I still want to get a World Series ring, uh, yeah. you know, so I'm just kind of keep, keep my uh, brain sharp at the baseball knowledge and, uh, you know, hopefully get back into it and, and become a coach or a manager down the road. I had heard, uh, Kelly, that uh, Randy Johnson had a tremendous, I mean, very hard throw. What was it like to catch for him? Well, I mean, he, I heard it, it was, was it was powerful. It was, it was, it was quick. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a hundred hundred and one from the left side. You yep. got six foot ten, so you know he's got that extra wingspan that gets on you a lot quicker. Right. You know that's why guys started started cheating on him trying to get that fastball. And I mean, he threw that slider that was down and in. I mean, it was right. when he was on, it was unhittable. You know, and obviously Randy, you know, I cut him with the Yankees. Uh, you know, I give from one hundred and one to ninety two. You know, it seems like a lot. He's still throwing hard, but then, you know, everybody started catching up with him a little bit then. But, you know, when he was on, you know, at, at 99 to 101, I mean, that was it was unhittable. How much of how much of uh, his game were you calling, or was he pretty much calling it? <laughs> well, I mean, it was – his game was simple. You know, you throw hard in, yep. throw that slider down at the end. And then uh, later on he started developing a little bit of two-seamers because uh, – uh, for some reason, which was crazy, there's a couple lefties in the league, uh, you know, like a Sean Green or even Olerud back in the day. Uh, he had trouble getting out. Well, they just stayed on on, on the other way, uh, other way, you know. So he started developing that two seamer, uh, you know, starting to build a plate, let it run into lefties. Plus, you know, what was crazy, nobody ever realized it. There were some some guys that play, you know, he out of the windup, he pretty much tipped every pitch. So some of those guys like Sean Green, Olerud, really smart guys. They knew every pitch that was coming, but then when he switched that little two-seamer, they're looking for a straight fastball and start throwing that at that little movement in there. Then it kind of you know made the plan feel a little bit more even for him. Mm-hmm. Mm. Was he one of the toughest catchers that you had to catch for? No, I mean we, you know like, like I said, he was yeah with the pitchers he was he was pretty much one-sided. So we stayed on the you know end to righties. Everything was right there. Just cleared out the left knee, and you know he was he was on. I mean he could hit he could hit the. He wanted to miss two or three inches in the plate every single time, and he was pretty much there uh, for the most part and just do that slider down and in. He, you know, he, he'd let one fly every now and then that you had to jump up, but, you know, overall he wasn't that tough. You know, we're probably one of the toughest guys. You know, I never Yankees who lived off of him was big, young, young Kim. I mean, he was wow. he was a nightmare to catch. Oh, yeah. 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 He was a nightmare to a lot of opposing teams trying to bat against him. I know that for sure. Exactly. <laughs> So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing now, Kelly. Um, you, you know, Mike and I, we had a chance to go onto your website today, kellystinnettbaseball.com. Um, we had a chance to look at everything you got going here with the Steve Sachs Coaching Clinic, uh, you know, the you know the batting cages down there and all the cool camps that you're doing. Um, what You know, what drove you into all of that? Well, I just, I just want to be more involved with my kids. You know, obviously, you know, traveling all these years and being away. Uh, my oldest is a senior this year, and I got a 13, 14, and then, you know, had a little surprise later in life, which is a blessing. A little four-year-old running around the house here. Uh, <laughs> you know, I just want to—I just want to stay in the game and, and work with my boys. Uh, you know, what's crazy now is—is is I got them involved with other coaches, other levels, and I kind of run an older group and a younger group. Uh, uh-huh. You know, we're just doing travel baseball. We're we're reaching out to the community. I just got my 501c3 uh, up and running on Monday, so we're oh. we're nonprofit. We don't turn anybody away. We want. Uh, you know this area here in Mesa, Gilbert Chandler here in Arizona. We want to we want to 
build it up. I mean, shoot, baseball is year-round here. We just take two months off, July and August. It's too damn hot to be outside. But besides that, I mean, we're going year-round. Uh, you know, we just want to develop kids. We want to have fun, come out, and, and have fun at a higher level. Uh, right. Not that there's anything against Little League, but I did Little League a couple of years, pretty much just babysitting. Uh, we want to challenge the kids, you know, uh, you know, get them to, everybody says, the next level, whatever that is, you know, college, uh-huh. pros, whatever. But we want to give them the opportunity. Uh, you know, and a lot of kids don't have that opportunity. You don't have the training. You don't have the coaching. Well, we have it now. Hmm. Is there a chance that we see uh, any of these programs, uh, you know, go around the U.S., or is that going to, you know, strictly stay down there in Arizona? Well, I mean, we have a tournament every weekend. Like tomorrow, I got six teams playing here within three miles of where I live. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you really don't have to travel around. We want to. We want to do the. We, we will start. You know, we will do the Cooperstown tournaments. Uh, okay. You know, I hear nothing but great things. I know Luis Gonzalez gone out there a couple times, and I've trained his kids to go out there. And you know, we do want to become more nationally uh, recognized. But mm-hmm. shoot, right now we, you know, we're playing tournaments here every weekend. So. There's not much of a need, plus you can keep the cost down. Right. Yeah, I know just from looking at the February events, man, you got your hands full down there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we, we go hard until it gets hot. You know, right around middle of June, mm-hmm. we start kind of shutting it down. But up until then, it's it's every weekend, and spring break is going to be crazy here. We'll have, you know, delta headers every day. We just, you know, get on the field. It's going to be about 85, 90 degrees. We'll play baseball every day. And how long have you been doing this, Kelly? Full time, I was dabbling in it when I when I uh, stopped playing in '07. So I just coached my my two kids for a few years, and then uh, uh, managed the D-backs thing, uh, rookie ball for a while, didn't quite work out. Uh, so I said, well, shoot, I'm gonna do this full time. So it's been about a year, a little over a year now that I've been doing this full time. Well, it was crazy. First worked out in September of was it 2011. I had five kids at a tryout. Now I got ten team, ten teams, you know, wow. ten plus kids on each team. So we're we're rocking and rolling. That's tremendous. Congratulations. That's really great stuff. Thank you. Well, let's talk a little bit about what you said before. I know you, you know, kind of mentioned that you would like to get back into uh, some coaching, maybe get up into the big leagues again, and uh, maybe even one day become a manager. What's your dream team to manage? Shoot, I, I, uh, who, who wouldn't want to manage the Yankees, man? I mean, you, you get the pinstripes, <laughs> you got, uh, you know. It seems like they're starting to cut back a little bit on the money, but you pretty much have an unlimited uh, uh, payroll. Uh, mm. I love New York. I love the fans up there. You know, I have my good times and bad times up there. But, uh, you know, that would be a place. Uh, either side, you know, match the Yankees. I think that's uh, uh, any anybody's dream job to be a manager is is the, is the managing New York and be successful in New York. Obviously, you don't want to fail in New York. But, you know, if you get there, you work hard. Uh, you know, you get the blue collar fans behind you, and you bust your butt. I think they'll uh, they'll back any guy like that. Absolutely, that's well. Listen, man, we loved you at Shea, man. So we'd love to see you, uh, you know, back <laughs> at the Mets one day. That'd be great. The uh, well, I keep Kelly, on my resumes. I keep I keep knocking on doors. So you know, it's uh, you know, it's always a process when you try to get back into something and and that's try cool. to say, hey, you know, I saw the passion for it. That's great. On uh, Wednesday, uh, Kelly, because we've been doing a whole MLB week, as Jonathan pointed out. On Wednesday, we had a panel on of analysts, and we talked. We broke the entire league down for a full hour, and we talked about each division and what have you. Uh, obviously, you're following the game. Um, 
Any surprises you see coming up here? Uh, how would you break down what we have coming up uh, this season? You know, as, as much as I like to say I'm following a game, I kind of, you know, my my peak hours are, you know, three o'clock to ten o'clock at night. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I cover I cover the the National League West a little bit just because the Diamondbacks are here, and you know, I like the things that they've done. Uh, I mean, pitching wise, shoot, I mean they've shortened the game a lot with getting Bell and, and, and keeping the closer from last year. Uh, shoot, I can't remember his name, the big guy. Uh, anyway, but they've got they've got sixth, seventh, eighth inning covered. So if you if you get a starter to give them that, you know, give them that uh, five, six innings, right. uh, I feel they're going to be right back in it. And, and, you know, playing for, for, you know, Kirk Gibson just, he's unbelievable uh, to watch. And, you know, I got to talk to him a little bit when I was over there. And he's just, he's an animal, man. So I, I see them being right, right in the mix of things. Even with the Giants, what they did last year, uh, you know, they're 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 going to be more of a scrappy team, which I think that's kind of the mold of what of what Gibby's going to be mm-hmm. as a manager this year. So I, mm-hmm. I I really like what they did. Yeah, yeah, they definitely got a nice team. Uh, one of the you know one of the things that kind of you know hit me in the mind a little bit and said, why would you do that? Was getting rid of Trevor Bauer. So we still yeah, can't I mean, figure out why they got rid of him. From, yeah, from from what I understand, I mean, he's just kind of a, I mean, be in a nice way, kind of a nutcase, I guess, as a pitcher. Yeah. Uh, you know, obviously, when you're throwing that hard uh, for five or six innings, that's a, you know, that's a tough, you know, it's tough to give away. Yeah. And we see the same thing with uh, with Matt Scherzer whenever they traded him to Detroit. I mean, you know, why would you trade this guy? And they you know that guy's throwing you know ninety eight to a hundred for seven straight innings. You know I guess it's some of the gambles you take in baseball to uh, to try to make your team better. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Detroit's happy that the the D backs traded Scherzer. That's for sure, man. Making them one of oh, the exactly. patients. You know. Sticking with the West, though, let me ask you a question, Kelly. I'll put you on the put you on the spot here for a moment. Uh, who would be the team to beat there in the West? Dodgers, Giants, who? Well, I mean, in my mind, everybody tries. Everybody tries to go out and buy a pennant. It doesn't really work that much. Gotcha. You know, and that's kind of what I'm seeing with the Dodgers. You know, they're spending all this money. Well, is there going to be, you know, how's the clubhouse going to be? Are these guys going to get along? Uh, you know, you got three or four, three hole hitters. Are everybody going to be happy where they're going to hit in a lineup? Uh, you know, is Donnie going to be able to uh, c- control all the guys? You know, he's a pretty much laid back guy. Just, just let you know, runs them out there. You know, playing. Uh, you know, being with Tory for all those years, I mean, that's all Joe did was just, hey, write a lineup and go play. You know, it's a little different with some of these younger guys that are making all that money. Yeah. You know, sometimes you gotta you gotta press them a little bit and, and challenge them. Uh, I don't know if he's gonna be able to do that. I hope he does. Uh, you know, he's a great guy. Great. You know, he, he's doing a good job. But you know, Giants. You know, you, you've got to beat them again. That's yeah. uh, you know, you, you got that pitching staff and and, and pretty good bullpen there as well. You know, I don't know if they're going to be able to swing it, but you know, one run, one to nothing games, and you win them. You know, yeah, it's, it's still a win. So, uh, you know, uh, still, still think you got to knock them off. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, as you see, we like to put people under the gun here. We did it on Wednesday with our guests. We did with Eric Valen <laughs> as well. It's a lot of fun. Uh, so seriously, just you know, right off the top of your head, Kelly, pick one NL team, pick one AL team. Who's going to the World Series in your mind this year? Oh shoot! Uh, <laughs> you know, I the 
birds of a bat is they're always intriguing. You know, you got Miss Amy there. I always like the Cardinals. Uh, uh-huh. Some reason that they get it done. I mean, it just it just you know they got band aids and, and they, they they stick them on people and they throw them back out there on, on the field. You know, they do a great job. And and you know, I always I, and I played there for two or three months. Loved it there. You know, it's just they're always in it. You know, no matter what, yeah. so they find a way to win. So I always like the Cardinals. Uh, National League or yeah, American League. You know, it's it's just tough to beat the Yankees. I mean, just no matter what, if A Rod's in or out, it doesn't really matter. They're going to go find somebody to play third base, mm-hmm. and and uh, if Jeter comes back healthy, you know, to to anchor that team and lead them, you know. And, and I I see, uh, you know, I really see Cano learning from his uh, postseason experience. I think he's got something to prove again, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and. And that pitching staff, you know, you're 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 gonna be fine there. So, you know, you, you can't ever beat the pinstripes as well. So I, I see kind of the Cardinals Yankees, uh, you know, in October. That's cool. I know, uh, Mike. Who did you have? Did you pick on Wednesday, Mike? Uh, well, I know I had. Uh, hold on, I got it written down here. I and I, I, I no, I, I just wanted to let I, I just wanted to let Kelly know I wrote him down too. So we've got that one written down. So if that comes to pass, sir Kelly, we're gonna be back on your line. <laughs> Uh, come on. All right. Very nice. <laughs> no, I had the uh, I had the Angels in the Nationals. I had Anaheim in uh, Washington. Okay, I know I had Detroit and Cincinnati, okay. so it's nice that everybody's picking different things yeah, here. Yeah, we're so. picking real different. And, oh, and yeah. Kelly, Kelly's out of the box. I mean, he's out of the box. <laughs> I don't think anybody well, on Wednesday. Understand. Can... I mean, I mean Monday Monday through Friday, I'm, I'm in the cage. I'm going in there working, cleaning up, uh, <laughs> patching holes in my nets, you know, doing all that. I'm kind of a one man show around all this. And, and I love it, you know. But I'm in a cage from 3:30 to 9 o'clock at night, working with hitters, working with catchers. So, uh, no, we hear you. We only thing it. I read is when I get a break to watch. Uh, you know, I check on my uh, check the updates and transactions on ESPN on my phone. That's pretty much the, the only updates I get uh, here lately. But hopefully, it'll slow down, get some more guys working for me, and then I'll be able to pay more attention. Kelly, let me throw one at you, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm thrilled to hear that you're working with so many young people. Uh, and, and there's a reason I'm going to bring this one up. We just had the story come out uh, last week, and here we go again with PED usage. Uh, we got the clinic down there in 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 Florida, and I don't even think I don't even think at this point yet we've scratched the surface on what this might all mean. You played at the height of the steroid era. Uh, I guess really uh, the big height of it, I guess, was 98, 99, somewhere in there, uh, the year that uh, uh, that uh, McGuire hit uh, 70 home runs. Uh, yeah. First of all, I guess the question I would ask you is this. Going back to that era, how prevalent was it to you as a player? That's number one. Number two, how do you feel about what's happening right now? And then number three, uh, how are we dealing with it with the young people today? Well, I think it's kind of with the young people, you know, we emphasize, hey, just, you know, you're right, get your workouts in. Uh, you know, it's kind of a joke sometimes now to young guys. So, you know, whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But hopefully it's like, okay, it's a joke to where I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, when I played, it was more, you know, you knew who was taken. You kind of, what are you going to say? You know, you, you kind of, okay, I think he's doing it, what have you. You know, it, it was, you know, it was one of those things. You know, you just go about your business. I know I wasn't doing it. I used to work my butt off six o'clock every morning, going lifting weights. Uh, probably wouldn't be talking to you now if I did, because you know I'd be off in a desert island somewhere because they hit forty or fifty home runs every year. <laughs> you know, instead of instead of my ten to fifteen. But 
you know, that's the choices we make. Uh, yeah. You know, I like the direction they're going, you know, clean it up. Uh, you know, I, I think there ought to be stiffer penalties now. Uh, you know, what's, uh, you know, one time, you know, two times, whatever, you know, we need to make it a little different. We need to penalize these guys down the road, too. Like, yep. you know, I'm a couple years away from collecting my pension. You know, we need to hit these guys down the road, as, uh, you know, further. Because you get away with it, you know, like Melky got that big deal for Toronto. I mean, that's a joke, really, in my mind. Mm-hmm. You know, he got busted, now, now he's in this thing, and he got $17 million for having one good year. I mean, that's, you know, to some of the guys that bust their butt every day and, and done it the right way, that's not fair because he's taking money out of somebody else's pocket that did it the right way. So that that's one thing that, that irritates me as a, as a as a former player and, and current, you know, just a, a fan of the game, you know, why let this guy keep going? Let's do something to these guys down the road to, you know, take money out of their pocket, you know, penalize them. Because, you know, obviously you look back at all the catchers that done it, you know, it, it, it irritates me as well because I know these guys took money out of my pocket, you know, during my playing days. So, uh-huh. But you live with it, you deal with it, and you just keep, keep plugging along. You know, I know that there's a bit of a fraternity that goes on uh, with players and former players. Uh, let me ask you, uh, with regard to say Hall of Fame status, you know we're seeing the we're seeing the influence right now this year on on uh, the whole steroid era and how that's influenced the Hall of Fame. Should some of these guys just not be? When you talk about penalties and what have you, should the penalties be that you just can't get into the Hall? I mean that 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 could be one. That'd be a great one right there. And like you said, you see it this year. You know anybody with any kind of tainted playing career or associated or that was verbally say, hey, I did them, you know, keep them out. You yeah. know, it's, uh, you know, it's just a cut and dry thing. Just no, you know, you, you did it. You don't go to Hall of Fame. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Because, Mike, you know what, we said it ourselves, you know, to us with this Hall of Fame ballot this year, the guys being on it that were on it, the Maguires, the Bonds, the Palmeros, they squeezed a lot of votes away from guys like Fred McGriff, Dale Murphy, guys that should have got oh, yeah. in this season. You absolutely. Absolutely. So it's a real shame. Really is a real shame. All right. uh, Unfortunately, a trickle-down effect. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's it's hurting a lot of people that deserve to be in there, you know. And especially, like Kelly said, you know, it hurt a lot of people that deserve to make some type of money, and it's taking it out of their pockets. It's a real shame. Yeah, and why not? I mean, why not just just don't even put the names on the ballot anymore? I mean, you said there's a trickle-down effect. Let's just not even put them on there. And and that way, people, the voters are focused on the guys that did did it the right way. Yeah. You know. Yeah. You know, if there's any kind of evidence that you've done it or you admitted to doing it, just just nix you off the ballot and let, let's move on. Well, let me say this to you, Kelly. From a fan perspective uh, and from an analyst perspective, somebody in the media, I appreciate your refre- your refreshing response to that as a former player. Uh, you know, I'm concerned sometimes when I bring these types of issues up to former players that, again, like I said, there's that kind of fraternity where everybody's just going to back everybody, and I appreciate you being honest on it. Well, I mean, you, you try. I mean, just like I tell the kids every day, I said, hey, I'm going to give my honest opinion, my honest evaluation of you because I want you to get better. You know, and, and there's no, you know, everybody knows by now who who had a pretty good idea of who uh, juiced during those days. So, you know, it's kind of cut and dry. And, you know, maybe you call me a bitter old old guy. I mean, you have, I guess, let the fans get around Reggie Jackson and, and some of those guys that played, you, you're talking about guys that, you know, we'll lay it on the line and let you know what they think. You know, you got to respect that. And that, right. that's where I want to be is, hey, 
you know, this is the way it is. Let, let, let's do it this way. Let's clean it up and get it going right. That way, you know, we don't have to worry about this down the road. My uh-huh. kids don't have to worry about this when they start, you know, getting to that age where they have a chance to play uh, at that level. Excellent. Yeah, really refreshing. Excellent. Kelly, seriously, man, you know, thank you so much for, uh, you know, not only joining us today, but, you know, you know, telling us and saying the comments that you said today. It's 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 really nice to hear a uh, former professional athlete come out and say stuff like that because that's stuff that we need to hear and it's stuff that we're not hearing on an everyday basis, unfortunately. That's absolutely true. Absolutely true. It really no, is. I mean, yeah. obviously during the years, I mean, it's not, you know, you've had a lot of great teammates. You've, you've been in a lot of battles or a lot of games with these guys and, you know, you respect them on the field and all that stuff. But, you know, the way you go about it, you know, it's, uh, you know, you, you choose your path. And if you, if you did it the wrong way, you should pay. If you did it the right way, you know, you should be somewhat rewarded. So that's that's just the way I see it. Great, great. Awesome. Well, Kelly, seriously, thank you so much for joining us today and taking the time out of your schedule. Um, I know you probably could have been patching some holes in nets today instead of talking to us. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate you guys giving me a break. I appreciate it. No. <laughs> oh, we, 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 we thank you for being on. Hey, no problem, guys. Uh, anytime, just let me know what I can do for you guys in the future. That's great. Save you, man. Thanks so much, Kelly. Thanks, Kelly. All right, thank you. Take right, care. Bye-bye. Uh, uh, unbelievable, man. Uh, just comments that really just ring out when you hear them, you know. Can I tell you, I am, I'm, I'm sitting here, and when he made some of the comments that he did, uh, my jaw's almost dropping. Yeah. Because as I pointed out, and I, you know, and I don't want anybody to get the impression that, you know, I was kissing his tail or anything. I wasn't. I, I'm, I'm truly amazed that the guy was being as forthcoming and as honest as he was. Because the thing that you hear so often is that fraternity kind of speak that goes on amongst the players. It doesn't matter whether you were a clean player or a guy that was, as he said, juicing. They all seem to have their each other's back. Yeah, and God bless him for being straight up about it. I, I I think it's I think it's terrific. Well, what you know what what we got from Kelly Stinnett today on Fan Junkies Radio is what we got from Kelly Stinnett in his 14 year Major League Baseball career, and that was real. Yeah, um, honesty. Yeah, it was it was honesty. It was real. It was hard working, legit play, and what you had here today was hard working, legit comments coming out of a clean player, and it's it's just as you said, Mike, refreshing to hear that. Absolutely. Stuff coming out of a former Major League Baseball player. And you know what? We're not going to knock other players that we had on the air. You know, they they spoke out against it as well. Um, but, you know, when you hear their comments, sounds more like a, uh, you know, like a PR guy was kind of writing it for them. You know what I mean? I hear you. Uh, yeah, so to hear it come straight from, uh, you know, Kelly Stinnett's, you know, mouth was just, uh, you know, great. And, and, and seriously, to the hundreds, the thousands of uh, listeners listening in today and that are going to listen into the archived uh, recording of it, this is a little bit of history today, you know, to hear that coming from a player. And uh, you know what? We can't thank Kelly, you know, Stinnett uh, en- enough for joining us today. And uh, once again, you can check out com If you live in the Arizona area, take your kid, man, enroll him in this guy's classes, man. Let him teach them how to play the game of baseball, and that's the correct way. The, the clean way, the clean way. The clean, correct way. You know? Yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I echo exactly what you just said there. You are not going to hear, folks, you are not going to hear too, too many former players put it as straight out as Kelly just did there. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm just really, really impressed. Yeah, yeah, it was a, uh, you know, definitely a great interview, definitely great to talk to Kelly. Like I say, you know what, man, it's always fun when you look at these guys playing in the field years ago, and, uh, you know what, you never think you're going to have any kind of contact with them, Mike. 
you bring them on, you learn about the person that they are, and yep. uh, you know, for Kelly Stanett, that's a uh, total class act. Absolutely. So. All right. Well, uh, I got his I got his pick written down, so we'll have to get back in touch with him when the Cards and the Yankees are playing in our in oh, uh, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I think we have to do a little bit of an MLB roundtable soon. Uh, absolutely, we'll get Kelly in on that one. Yeah. So we're gonna have to. Uh, you know what? I mean, we're actually gonna have to hire somebody for him, man, so they can uh, patch up the Nets for him, so you can look at some of the standings and uh, <laughs> look at some of the transactions, man. But that's great that he's the one running that. You know, yep. all by himself and doing all that work. Phenomenal. So, yep. you know, phenomenal. All right, Mike, uh, let's talk a little bit about basketball. I know uh, as I was sleeping during the night, I'm sure you were up late, as usual, doing five minutes at the frat house and getting it ready for uh, its YouTube debut on Fridays. Correct. Um, you sent me an article. Um, it was late at night, and uh, you know me. I was you know, counting sheep, uh-huh. some rest, and uh, here's what we got here. that um, Dwight Howard returned from a shoulder injury last night. Um, we love to talk about the Lakers here because the Lakers are just a mess, and uh, – you know, when you have these high and mighty teams that talk a lot of trash and, you know, uh, spend a lot of money, it's really nice to see them be human, you know? It's kind of like our daily fix of soap operas. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It, it really is. So basically, male it's, version, it's a male version of soap operas. Let's get it straight. So as the Lakers turn, that's, you yeah, know, exactly. it's, that's going to be the name of our segments for now and every time we talk about the Los Angeles Lakers. But you sent me an article that says Dwight Howard fired back at Kobe Bryant right before he played last night. Kobe yeah. Bryant threw out some comments about um, the team needing some urgency. He's not going to talk about of uh, injuries, but they need to have some urgencies, and guys like Dwight Howard need to get back. Dwight Howard fired off. From what you read, Mike, what's going on, man, in LA? You know, here we go again. I mean, who's running this damn team, all right? Is Kobe Bryant running the damn team? I mean, I ask that rhetorically because I think we know the answer. Yes. What kind of a response is this? From Bryant to ESPN, we don't have time for Howard's shoulder to heal. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You know, if I, if I'm a if I'm a teammate of his and I got a legitimate injury, I'm going to punch him right in the mouth. Well, okay? I, yeah. you know what, what you the would know. <laughs> what the hell are you to, to put me, throw me under the bus? We don't have time for Howard's shoulder to heal. He says. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but if it was Kobe and he was out with a shoulder injury. Oh, God forbid anybody say anything. I mean, we'd all be feeling bad for him, wouldn't we? Yeah. It's, listen, it's Kobe's team. You know, I I, I don't agree with the comments Kobe said. Um, if somebody's legitimately hurt and needs time to heal, they need time to heal. You can't rush him back because what are you going to do? You're going to rush him back, he's going to get hurt worse, and he's going to be out twice as long. You know, it just doesn't make sense. Does anybody truly think that Howard is sitting on the bench milking this? No. Does anybody really think that he doesn't want to be out there on the on, on the court? Listen, and he doesn't realize that they're, that the Lakers that there needs to be some urgency. I mean, really, do you get a guy that doesn't want to be conditioned enough to play, is okay with being on the end of the bench, and uh, you know, i.e., a guy like Eddie Curry. You know, th- you know, this is a guy that never helped himself uh, throughout his NBA career. So you know, okay. guys like that, I'm sure they want to play, but they're okay with not playing. That guy's, have, name, that guy's name is Andrew Bynum. Let's get it straight. <laughs> Well, listen, man. Andrew Bynum's got the tin man's knees, so. Uh, well, whatever. I mean, you know, he's, his knees are good enough to go out and bowl, but his knees aren't good enough to be out there on the court. So, but uh, that's for another show and another story. There's no bowling and basketball. What are you talking? About? <laughs> that's another show. We'll bring that up. We've talked about that one already. But no, seriously. I mean, when you make a statement like that, when when Kobe Bryant comes out making a statement like that, particularly on a national platform like ESPN. That we don't have time.
shoulders, shoulder to heel. Uh, you know, what you're doing, it, it's you're not creating a sense of urgency. It's not like you're going out and patting everybody else on the rump and saying, okay, guys, we're missing Dwight Howard. Come on, let's get it up. Let's really do a good job. All right, that's not the message. The yeah. message that, that, that Kobe Bryant is sending is, uh, is uh, uh, Howard, you're a problem. Why don't you just get out of the way and let us see if we can do this one on our own? And see, when you do that, you take an individual who truly wants to be a part of uh, uh, of, of the team, mm-hmm. and you make them feel bad. You make them feel like you know, like they're not worth something. Yeah. I mean, that to me, the whole thing is just it, Kobe. I I am I am I am absolutely of the opinion that the Lakers are not going to be fixed until Kobe Bryant is gone. Yeah, well, and that's where I was going to come. My next comment is that it's time for the Los Angeles Lakers to rebuild. Uh, I mean, pure examples of what's going on this season is that they need to rebuild. They need to dismantle this team, get back to what they know best, and that's winning basketball. And that's going to start by getting rid of guys like Kobe, getting rid of guys like Ron Artest, and getting young again. Uh, So talking about that, let's go into last night's game. Um, The Rajon Rondolis... Boston Celtics, once again, Mike, win, and they basically destroyed the Los Angeles Lakers last night, 116-95. to 95. Um, Kobe with 27 points. Jody Meeks, Antoine Jameson, uh, both, uh, you know, both respectively with 13-11 and 11 off the bench. Starting lineup, 5-5, five, 9-9. Five, nine, nine. Dwight Howard, 9 rebounds, 9 points. Steve Nash, 9 points, 5 assists. There's a lot of other problems here, and it's not Dwight Howard. No, no doubt about it. You can easily say that. Uh, at the same time, Boston on a six-game win streak now, Mike. Yeah. yeah. Um, without Rajon Rondo in this uh, lineup, I, I mean, you know, bench players Jeff Green, uh, you know, Leandro Barbosa, Jason Terry, they're really picking it up, picking it up big time. And I can't believe that they are now in a six-game win streak without Rajon Rondo. Couldn't believe it. The Boston Celtics right now are the third hottest team in the entire league. I mean, you you know, look at San Antonio with eleven in a row. Eleven games, man. In a row, you got the Denver Nuggets with eight in a row. How about that? The Andre Iguodala Denver Nuggets. You got that one right. Uh, uh, Boston with with a six game uh, winning streak, six and four in their last ten. Um, you know, we brought it up a little bit, I believe, on on Monday, Jonathan, where you were kind of, uh, I I don't want to say exclaiming. Uh, about Boston, but you bring it up and go, hey, look at this Boston team. All of a sudden, they're they're hot. Yeah. And, and boy, they just continued to do that again last night, as you pointed out. And and you know, wh- you know what is this? Six games? Is it six games now without Rondo? Yeah, six game win streak without Rondo. But the yep. all six of those are without him. Yep. And and you know, both you and I, and again, I bring it up again. Uh, when Rondo first went out, you and I both said. Uh, well, stick a fork in, in Boston, that pretty much ends, that ends it for them. Yeah. Um, it's not. I guess we were wrong. You know, now, the question becomes, I, I and I guess I would throw this this question to you. Again, you know, you're the NBA guy. Um, the Celtics win last night uh, without Rondo. Mm-hmm. Is this a is this an illustration of Celtics being a good team? Or is this just the Lakers being what we've been talking about now for a while, uh, just a really, really, uh, not a very good team at all. Um, no, uh, you know what, any time you go near 120 points uh, without your starting point guard, who is one of the best point guards in the league, 
It's because your players are picking it up and the coaching is doing a damn good job. Doc Rivers is doing a very, very good job in Boston this season. I was just about to say, when you're winning by 21, yeah. uh, I, I mean, that's not – this isn't a situation where the Lakers uh, are just a, a, a bad team. This is a situation where the, the Celtics just came, really, really came on. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what? you got to give a lot of props to Doc Rivers, uh, Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, players like A.V. Bradley – Courtney Lee, Jeff Green, uh, just about anybody on this team. Jason Terry Land, I mean, they're really picking it up. Listen, the Celtics are a better team with Rajon Rondo. Yep. But the way that they're playing and picking it up without Rajon Rondo goes to show you that they are a legit team and they have each other's backs. You don't see that in L.A. Yep. So. Jason Terry last night off the bench, 15 points. He was a plus 25 on the court. Yep. Wow. Jeff wow. Green, plus 21 on the court. So. Yep. Goes to show you a lot. But before we get into a little bit of NHL real quick, I have to ask you, Mike. Yeah. Andre Iguodala, 13.5 points per game, 5.4 rebounds per game, 4.6 assists per game. Defense, very good. Yep. Man, I love the 76ers fans that told told me Iguodala sucks and he needed to go because, man, are they missing him right now. Well, you know, you and I have have had this conversation, um, and – and I'd like to have it again. Uh, here, here's where I stand on it. Uh, we're paying $15 million for a guy to sit on the bench. Mm-hmm. Would I rather have Iguodala than, than what I've got right now? You're damn straight I would. Because right? Iguodala now, comes to play. But here, here's the problem, Jonathan, and we have talked about this a couple of times. Iguodala was not working in the system that we had for some reason or another going here in Philadelphia. It wasn't working. I don't think you would be seeing the kinds of numbers that he's putting up right now with Denver. I don't think you'd be seeing those same types of numbers this year if he were still in Philadelphia. No, but he, but he definitely would help right now. Well, um, anything would be better than what we've got. I'm going to tell you this right now. I told you from the beginning, what the 76ers did with, Ig- was, with Iguodala was make him the star of their team. He's not a star player. He is a legit, probably one of the better role players in the league. Yeah. In Denver, you got Kenneth Farad, you got Danilo Gallinari, you got um, you know JaVale McGee, Andre Miller, Corey Brewer, Wilson Chandler, uh, you know Quincy Miller, Anthony Randolph. You throw out a bunch of names. He fits in well with that team because he's not the guy that they're looking for to win games. He's not a big time scorer, but yet he's still scoring almost 14 points per game for Denver. Right. Perfect for him because they know how to use him. Well, I'll tell you a name though that, and this is you know this is going to be right in your wheelhouse. I'll tell you a name that I've been hearing being talked about over talk radio here in Philadelphia over the past ten days. Uh, a lot of lamenting going on over the fact that we don't have Vucevic. I'll tell you, man, Nikola Vucevic, love it. He's playing great. Down, I mean, Orlando's on a terrible win. You know, uh, you know, lost streak. Not a good team, but he's playing good basketball for them. Yep, yep. So I know that that's right in your wheelhouse because you've been. You've been doing the uh, I told you so, I told you so stuff, so I just beat you to the punch on that one. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we got a couple of minutes left, so real quick, we're going to bring in Big Joe from the Bronx, because I know he's calling over right now. What's up, Joe? What's up, guys? Hey, hey man, guys. happy birthday, Big John. Thank you, Joe. We pre- I appreciate that, man. Hey, man, no problem. First of all, real quick, number one, I interview with Kelly Sinek. Great, man. Very... It's nice and refreshing to hear a player speak the way that he's... the words that he spoke, very honest. And and honestly, this Fan Junkies radio, you guys, uh, first time in any radio outlet, media outlet in general that I've heard a current. 
former player talk the way he talks. So excellent job with that interview, guys. Thank you. Um, also, last but not least, real quick, JT Miller. It's Miller time at the Rangers. Miller time. I, like, I love what I saw last night, and uh, let's just keep it up against Tampa Bay over the weekend. Absolutely, man. Let me tell you, man, Miller is making it a lot easier for the Rangers to not even look at Brian Boyle anymore, and I'm loving it. Yep, absolutely. Loving every bit of it. All right, Joe, man, we appreciate it, man. Thanks so much, and uh, you got to try to call in earlier on Monday, man. All right. Thanks, Thanks for the comments, Joey. Anytime. Got to love it. Got to love it. All right, real quick, Mike, NHL, throw out a little bit of standings here. In Atlantic, Pittsburgh still up uh, 16 points, uh, one point over New Jersey. In the Northeast, Boston up 15 points, one point over Ottawa. Southeast, Tampa Bay got a two-point lead over Carolina. Darren first place there. Out in the West, Chicago still 9-0-2. and They haven't lost a game. Haven't lost a, a game in regulation yet. 20 points on the season. Vancouver, 14 points, first in the Northwest. Four-game winning streak. Four-game winning streak right now for the Canucks. Yep. Anaheim now tied for first as San Jose Sharks. They finally lost two games. Anaheim 7-1-1. San Jose 7-2-1. Both 15 points apiece. Another four-game winning streak right now going for Anaheim. Frankly, Jonathan, I think that's going to swap up. I think you're going to see San Jose take that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But got a lot of win streaks right now. Anaheim, four games. Vancouver, four games. Chicago, Nashville, three and four games. Pittsburgh, five games. I mean, we got a lot of nice win streaks right now. Yeah, yeah, you you do. Uh, Still a little bit of sloppy play going uh, from what I've seen. Um, but you're starting to see things settle down a little bit. Absolutely, absolutely. All right, Mike, well, that's it for today's show. We just want to thank, once again, former MLB catcher Kelly Stinnett for joining us and, and just throwing out some fabulous comments that we're going to be pushing out. We're going to try to get some outlets to pick up because that's going to be huge. And as always, go over to kellystinnettbaseball.com. If you're in Arizona and you got a kid and you want him to play the game of baseball, not only the correct right way, but to play the clean way, Get him over by Kelly Stinnett. Let him teach him how to play the game of baseball because that's what Kelly Stinnett does. Class act. Fabulous guy. Yep. Um, as always, five minutes at the Frat House. It'll be up sometime today, Mike. It's up. Oh, it's up already. Okay, so great. So go over to FratHouseSports.net. Check out Mike. Check out Sidekick. Five minutes at the Frat House. Great, great, great video show that will also be replayed here tomorrow at 3 p.m.? 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock. Great stuff. And as always, FanJunkies.net. Sports Social Networking Act, 100% free. It's Facebook for sports fans, but we run a, we run across probably the older Facebook platform, the one everybody misses. That's check it, it out. You that's gotta it. get over there. We're having some great stuff over there, and um, that's it for uh, the Friday show. And uh, the birthday boy here, he's gonna <laughs> have himself a drink and eat some lunch now. So oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. So as always, thank you for listening to Fan Junkies Radio. We're nothing without you. For Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Raggis. Enjoy your Friday. Because Nemo is coming. Yeah. Stay warm, everybody. Maybe you're a 49ers fan in Jacksonville or a Jets fan in Houston, and you're looking to connect with fellow fans from hundreds or thousands of miles away. Look no further than FanJunkies.net. FanJunkies.net is a social networking site dedicated to fans of every team and every league. Connect with baseball, football, basketball, and hockey fans from throughout the country and throughout the world. Get the latest news, take polls, and interact in live chats on game day. And best of all, it's absolutely free to join. Sign up today at FanJunkies.net. 
FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. 